The Braille Forum, Volume 50, December 2011, Number 4, published by the American Council of the Blind, read by Mark Delgado in the studios of the Cutting Corporation, Bethesda, Maryland. This recording is tone indexed. The beginning of each item in the table of contents will be indicated by a beep, audible when your cassette player is in fast forward or rewind. The American Council of the Blind strives to increase the independence, security, equality of opportunity, and to improve quality of life for all blind and visually impaired people. Mitch Pomerantz, President. Melanie Brunson, Executive Director. Sharon Lovering, Editor. National Office, 2200 Wilson Boulevard, Suite 650, Arlington, Virginia, 22201. 202 Four six seven five zero eight one, fax seven zero three four six five five zero eight five, website http colon slash slash www dot acb dot org. The Braille Forum trademark is available in Braille, large print, half speed four track cassette tape, data CD, and via email. Subscription requests. Address changes and items intended for publication should be sent to Sharon Lovering at the address above, or via email to s l o v e r i n g at acb dot org. The American Council of the Blind trademark is a membership organization made up of more than seventy state and special interest affiliates. To join, contact the national office at the number listed above. Those much-needed contributions, which are tax-deductible, can be sent to Attention Treasurer, ACB, 6300 Shingle Creek Parkway, Suite 195, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota 55430. If you wish to remember a relative or friend, the national office has printed cards available for this purpose. Consider including a gift to ACB in your last will and testament. If your wishes are complex, call the national office. To make a contribution to ACB via the combined federal campaign, use this number, one 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 five five. For the latest in legislative and governmental news, call the Washington Connection toll-free at eight hundred four two four eight six six six, five p.m. to midnight Eastern Time, or read it online. Copyright two thousand eleven, American Council of the Blind. Table of Contents. President's report to the National Conference, Part Three, by Mitch Pomerantz, Side One, American Council of the Blind releases updated pedestrian safety handbook, by Melanie Brunson, Side One, the Galt House awaits ACB, by Janet Dickelman, Side One, Discover Madrid, don't miss out, Side One, Social Networking, how it works, compiled by Artis Bazin. Side one. Thank you for a fine job, Mr. Jobs, by Ray Campbell. Side two. Passings. Side two. In memoriam, Lola Siren, by Harvey Hege. Side two. Affiliate news. Side two. Give the gift that keeps on giving to ACB, by Ray Campbell. Side two. Free marketing and public relations assistance for your affiliate or chapter. Side two, letter to the editor. Side two, here and there, edited by Sue Lichtenfels. Side three, 
High Tech Swap Shop. Side 3. Correction. Due to an editing error, there was a misprint in the Friday section of ACB in the Silver State, Golden Past, Diamond Future, October November 2011. Officers are limited to three consecutive two year terms. Directors are allowed to serve two four year terms. We regret the error. Forum subscription notes. You can now get the Braille Forum by podcast. To subscribe, go to the Braille Forum page on www.acb.org. If you do not yet have a podcast client, you can download one from the forum page. To subscribe to the Braille Forum via email, go to www.acb.org slash mailman slash list info slash Braille Forum hyphen L. Are you moving? Do you want to change your subscription? Contact Sharon Lovering in the ACB National Office, 1-800-424-8666, or via email, slovering at acb.org. Give her the information, and she'll take care of the changes for you. President's Report to the National Conference, Part 3, by Mitch Pomerantz. At long last, Here is part three of my report to the membership given at ACB's 50th annual conference and convention this past July in Reno, Nevada. Monitoring an entity's compliance with existing structured negotiations agreements is crucial to the overall process and involves ACB members utilizing the services of those entities. Agreements currently being monitored actively include an accessibility agreement with Major League Baseball, MLB, to assure that its website, Including its radio and TV service, as well as its applications for the iPhone and iPad, are accessible. A number of long standing tactile point of sale agreements with national retail chains CVS, Target, Staples, Radio Shack, and Best Buy. Blind people should never be required to give their PIN or other confidential information to a clerk at any of these retailers in order to use a debit card, and if this occurs, Laney and Linda need to know about it right away. Agreements related to accessible websites for the three major credit reporting agencies, CVS and Radio Shack, and the aforementioned MLB and American Cancer Society websites. Ongoing structured negotiations efforts began last year with major pharmacy retailers, including Walmart, Target, and CVS, on the issue of providing accessible prescription information, and similar discussions have recently begun with Rite Aid. Laney and Linda are also involved in discussions with the Cinemark movie chain over the provision of audio description in its theaters. Requests to enter into structured negotiations have gone out to Anthem Blue Cross of California concerning its website and lack of information in alternative formats. Weight Watchers concerning website barriers and lack of a consistent program for providing alternative formats. And Walgreens regarding accessible prescription information. I'm pleased to tell you that Walgreens has just accepted our offer and will be entering into structured negotiations. ACB has been extremely busy this past year responding to several advanced notices of proposed rulemaking, ANPRMs, issued by the U.S. Department of Justice and the Access Board on various sections within Titles 2 and 3 of the Americans with Disabilities Act. In January, a working group comprised of Eric Bridges, Kim Charlson, Paul Edwards, Pratik Patel and Mark Reichert 
finalized responses to ANPRMs addressing accessible web information and services, movie captioning and video description, and accessible equipment and furniture. I provided a summary of those comments by telephone at a DOJ-sponsored public hearing on January 10th, and our comprehensive written comments were submitted. More recently, Eric drafted comments responding to another ANPRM addressing Shared Use Path Accessibility Guidelines. Shared use paths are where we, as blind pedestrians, encounter bicyclists and rollerbladers up close and personal as they text and listen to music while moving at unsafe speeds. I am pleased to say that we are once again working collaboratively with the Rehabilitation Research and Training Center, RRTC, at Mississippi State University. MSU received a significant grant in 2010 to conduct several research projects. ACB was asked to have a representative serve on its advisory council on employment outcomes for individuals who are blind or visually impaired. In late March, I attended the first meeting of that group. I'm also pleased to tell you that Michael Garrett is serving on a committee which is involved in advising MSU on a mentoring project for blind and visually impaired college students. As a matter of fact, ACB and the National Alliance of Blind Students are recruiting mentors and mentees for this endeavor. If you're interested, see either Michael or the NABS president, Sarah Conrad, during the week for more information. Since our 2010 gathering, several volunteers, including Janine Stanley, Larry Turnbull, and Pratik Patel, along with ACB's webmaster, Erlene Hughes, have been upgrading and modernizing our website. Fortunately for everyone here, I'm not sufficiently versed in the technical aspects of the work to provide details. Be assured, however, that when completed, ACB will have an outstanding web presence which will attract potential new members, supporters, and revenue to the organization. ACB has been heavily involved in ongoing discussions with the World Intellectual Property Organization, WIPO, on a possible international copyright agreement. On Thursday, you will hear much more about these efforts from Michelle Wood, with the U.S. Copyright Office, and from Melanie, who will also provide a travelogue and her experiences as a now-frequent visitor to Geneva, Switzerland. In April, with the inability of the former chair of the World Blind Union's Mobility and Transport Working Group to continue in her capacity, WBU's president, Marianne Diamond, appointed me to assume this responsibility and to develop position papers on the issues of hybrid vehicles and shared spaces in anticipation of the 8th Quadrennial Meeting to be held in December 2012 in Bangkok, Thailand. This is a tremendous honor, and I fully intend to show the WBU that ACB is prepared to play a major role within the international blindness community. As I indicated at the outset of my report, this is the 50th anniversary of the founding of the American Council of the Blind. People of Vision, a history of the American Council of the Blind, is the definitive compilation of our history. In this excellent book, the events which led to our founding are thoroughly documented and accurately presented. The 26 men and women responsible for ACB's existence are named as charter members, and in concluding these remarks, and in honor of our anniversary, I am going to read the names of those visionary men and women. Delbert Amon, Jesse Anderson, Marie Boring, Brad Burson, Don Cameron, George Card, Al Drake, Juliet Bint Esterly, Ned Freeman, June Goldsmith, Dave Krause, Hollis Liggett, who passed away just last month, Eileen and Durward McDaniel, 
Alma Murphy, Alaric Nichols, F.W. Orell, Floyd Qualls, Reese Robron, Earl Sherry, Mary Jane Hills, we know her as M.J. Schmidt, Ufemon Segura, Catherine Skivers, I hope you're listening, Kathy, Dean Sumner, Florence Verkin, and Norma Wagner. Thank you, and take care. As this is my final column for 2011, Donna and I want to wish everyone in the ACB extended family the most joyous and peaceful of holiday seasons and a successful and prosperous new year. American Council of the Blind Releases Updated Pedestrian Safety Handbook by Melanie Brunson I am very pleased to report to you that on October 14th, in conjunction with the observance of White Cane Safety Day, an annual nationwide event, ACB released an updated edition of its Pedestrian Safety Handbook, a publication which informs people who are blind and visually impaired, their families, and others about contemporary approaches to assuring safe paths of travel for blind pedestrians and effective ways to advocate for accommodations like accessible pedestrian signals, tactile warnings at the edges of curb ramps, and mechanisms for routing travelers safely through problematic intersections. ACB published its first pedestrian safety handbook in 1999. Since then, there have been several revisions and updates which have informed readers, orientation and mobility specialists, traffic engineers, and others about changes in the regulations which implement the Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA, as well as the guidelines which traffic engineers rely upon to design or renovate roadways, intersections, traffic circles, and other paths of travel that motor vehicles and pedestrians share. In a press release announcing the release of this publication, ACB President Mitch Pomerantz pointed out, The last time we updated our pedestrian safety handbook, quiet cars were still driving through the imaginations of vehicle designers. Now they are just one more reality that can compromise the safety of a blind person stepping off a curb in front of a car that he or she cannot hear coming. Our role as advocates becomes more complex in ways we might never have even imagined. We are pleased that our pedestrian safety handbook is a living document that will be able to keep up with the changes that govern all our lives and safety. The document, which is located at www.acb.org slash n-o-d-e slash 625, will inform people who are blind and visually impaired everywhere, as well as the orientation and mobility field, and the traffic engineers who need to take our safety into consideration as they maximize traffic flow and contemplate new efficiencies and equipment. The updated handbook includes specific regulations which people who are blind can call upon to advocate for changes at intersections and along their paths of travel that will provide audible and tactile information about situations which sighted pedestrians can evaluate visually, such as when a traffic light changes color, a walk sign is illuminated, or where turning arrows might cause traffic to speed in front of an otherwise unsuspecting blind or visually impaired pedestrian. The Federal Highway Administration has made some significant regulatory changes since we last published a pedestrian safety handbook, said Debbie Grubb, chairperson of ACB's Environmental Access Committee. It is important for us to have the most up-to-date information about regulations when we approach our communities to advocate for the changes that can keep us safe. This handbook, which is being published online, will provide the most current information available anywhere. In addition to chapters that deal with specific pedestrian safety issues and current regulations, 
there are case studies that describe how blind and visually impaired people have successfully advocated for change and safety across the country, and templates for writing letters and citing regulations that can work. Once again, if you'd like to read the pedestrian safety handbook, it is currently available online only. It can be found at www.acb.org/node/slash625. Please help us spread the word about this very informative and dynamic resource. The Galt House awaits ACB, by Janet Dickelman. At the fall board meeting and host committee visit, it was so nice to see many familiar Galt House employees. Regardless of whether the employees were there during our convention in 2008, so many people I spoke with said how much they were looking forward to ACB's return in 2012. New this year at the ACB convention. Are you an individual with a business or an affiliate or committee with something to sell? Have you thought about having an exhibit booth, but don't have the time to devote to being a vendor or the funds to pay for a booth? Marketplace might be your perfect opportunity. Five tables will be available near the ballroom Sunday evening from five o'clock to six thirty p.m. and Monday through Friday from seven thirty until eight thirty a.m. The price for a table is twenty-five dollars. This is your chance to showcase your business, product, or affiliate fundraiser. The only restriction is absolutely no food or beverages. To help bring in the crowds, the ACB Cafe will also open at seven thirty a.m. Marketplace participants will be listed in the program and in the daily newspaper. If you are interested in participating in Marketplace, please email Michael Smitherman at a m d u o at b e l l s o u t h dot net, or phone him at six zero one three three one seven seven four zero. In order to ensure everyone who is interested has a chance to participate, initially we will only guarantee one time slot per booth. Please send your first, second, and third choices to Michael. The deadline for submission is May fifteenth. Rooms at the Gold House are eighty-five dollars for a standard room in the West Tower and one hundred five dollars for a one-bedroom suite in the East Tower. To make reservations to join the fun in Louisville, call one eight hundred the Gold. That's one eight hundred eight four three four two five eight. Make sure to mention that you are with the ACB convention. You can also reserve your room online by going to. https colon slash slash r e s w e b dot p a s s k e y dot com slash g o slash a c b l zero seven one two. I was able to use the site with relative ease. One thing I did notice was when moving from field to field, it was necessary to go in and out of forms mode. If you have any difficulty with the site, let me know. Sand Dollar Shuttle has agreed to provide ACB with a round-trip fare of twenty dollars from the airport to the hotel. Reservations can be made up to six months in advance at their website, www.sandollarlimo.com. They have assured me that they have vehicles that can transport individuals with wheelchairs, including lift-equipped buses. When making a reservation, indicate that you are with ACB. If you use a wheelchair, indicate that on the reservation, and let me know directly. In next month's article, we hope to have the tour information and schedule available. As always, feel free to contact me with any conference and convention questions. Merry Christmas and happy holidays.
Discover Madrid. Don't miss out. The ACB Rhodes Scholar inaugural trip to Madrid, Spain, is fast approaching. Below are just a few things that we will be doing while in Madrid. On Saturday, April 21st, we will depart on our overnight flights from the U.S. We will arrive at Barajas Airport in Madrid on Sunday, April 22nd. We will be staying at the beautiful Hotel Confortel Suites Madrid, a four star hotel owned by ONCE, the Spanish National Organization of the Blind. The property is fully adapted for people with visual disabilities, including staff members who are fully trained and prepared to assist customers with visual and physical disabilities, braille signs on the main floors, restaurant menus in braille, elevators labeled in braille with raised lettering and sound recordings for each floor. Also, telephones in all rooms are adapted for people with visual impairments, and in room toiletry items are labeled in braille. That afternoon, after lunch, we will have a neighborhood walk to introduce us to the area around the hotel. In addition, we will have a welcome reception with our fellow participants and hear a program overview and presentation by the program staff. On Monday, April 23rd, we will hear a lecture in the morning on the Habsburgs and the Bourbons. Afterward, we will take a walking tour from the Puerta del Sol Square to the heart of Old Madrid and the Plaza Mayor, a legacy of the Habsburgs and considered to be the capital's finest piece of architecture. On Tuesday, April 24th, we will take a tour of Onse headquarters. Afterward, we will visit Onse's museum and print facility. The museum is divided into three main areas, including a hands on exhibit of scale models of national and international monuments. Several rooms devoted to artistic works by the blind, and a collection of instruments used by the blind. We will also enjoy dining with some ONSE members at ONSE headquarters. In the afternoon, we will travel to the ONSE Guide Dog Foundation outside of Madrid for a lecture and tour of the facility. Wednesday, April 25th, will feature a tour to Toledo, Spain's first capital, known as the Imperial City. We will visit the impressive Gothic Cathedral and a local synagogue. On Thursday, April 26th, we will visit Onse's School for the Blind in Madrid, where we will tour the facilities and discover the learning models and opportunities available to the students. We will also be introduced to the art and sound of the Spanish guitar. A local expert musician will provide an introduction to and demonstration of this traditional Spanish instrument. These are but a few of the many fascinating things that we have planned. Program pricing. Per person double occupancy price, does not include airfare, $2,866. Per person single occupancy price, does not include airfare, $3,287. Per person double occupancy with airfare from New York City, $3,666. Per person single occupancy with airfare from New York City, $4,087. Please note that airfare is also available from Los Angeles, Miami, and Chicago. For all other gateways, please contact Road Scholar. Optional Escort Plans Small Group Escort, 1 to 3 People, $527 per person. Personal Escort, 1 to 1, $1,579 per person. From within the United States. To enroll in program number 19744NP, Discover Madrid, please call 1-800-328-7286. A $250 deposit is required at the time of enrollment.
from outside the United States. To enroll from outside of the United States in program number 19744NP, Discover Madrid, please call 978-323-4240. All program payments must be made in U.S. dollars. A $250 deposit is required at the time of enrollment. If you have any questions, please contact Pam Shaw at 215-753-1527. To enroll, please call Road Scholar directly. Social Networking – How It Works Compiled by Artis Bazin The last membership focus call was on the topic of social networking and how it works. Several folks on the call had good information about the three main social networking choices used by the members participating on the call. Quitterclient.net was mentioned as an accessible website for accessing Twitter. However, it has lots of user choices. The site easychirp.com is a much easier site to use for blind users, especially when you are just starting with Twitter. In order to use easychirp.com, you must first go to the Twitter site to get your password and login, and then you can log in into easychirp.com. The m.twitter.com page does not have graphics that the main Twitter page has. In order to manage an organizational Twitter account, you only need a separate email address to get your username and password for your group. Unlike Facebook, your organization group is a standalone account and is not joined to your personal account. It also works the same on Mac and PC computers. The creator of the organization account needs to use a new email address for each Twitter account formed. Missouri made a concerted effort to involve members in Twitter. To get members to follow and use Twitter, they sent out notices about the Twitter account once it was created. Then they sent instructions on how to do it. They also gave an incentive to join. Twitter can be used to tell what local chapters are doing, and links to interesting articles can be posted. Some participants were worried about what the privacy rules of Twitter are and what private information needs to be placed in the profile. The information to be revealed is an email address and a bio that tells about your organization. It should contain the right buzzwords, 160 characters in all. It just requires a minimum amount of info. The email address does not have to be published. The administrator or manager of your account has to choose who you want to validate. If you want a private account, you don't have to accept any followers unless you want them. When you create a name, you use a hashtag, the pound sign, in front of a tag word and should include searchable words. The manager should follow organizations interested in blindness so people can find you. Gretchen Mowney from Missouri said members could email her for more information. G-M-A-U-N-E at S-O-C-K-E-T dot net. End of Side 1 Side 2 The Braille Forum Volume 50 December 2011 Number 4 This side contains Thank You for a Fine Job, Mr. Jobs by Ray Campbell Passings In Memoriam Lola Siren by Harvey Hege Affiliate News Give the Gift That Keeps on Giving to ACB by Ray Campbell Free Marketing and Public Relations Assistance for Your Affiliate or Chapter Letter to the Editor Continuing with Social Networking How It Works Compiled by Artis Bazin We then discussed Facebook pages and groups. 
the site m.facebook.com is much easier to use than the regular Facebook site. You can sign up for any group you want from your own personal Facebook page, provided the group is an open group. When you have created pages for organizations or businesses, you can access them when you log on to your site. There will be a list of pages you manage. If you post on the wall for your organizations, anyone who has liked your page will get the message. You can create a group or page for your organization. A group is geared more to your members keeping in touch with one another. If you want to share lots of pictures or information with members and others outside your membership, you should create a page instead. A page will allow you to show more pictures. There is a link where you can email the photos you want to add to your page. In the email, put the tagline for the photo in the subject line and attach the photo. When you update your status, others will get notified. Your organization's page can be created from your own account, and you can add other administrators. National Braille Press has a book by Anna Dresner telling how to use the most common sites. ACB has no official Facebook page. They are trying to find someone willing to manage one. The manager needs to update the page and place new information onto the site, like convention info. You can create a badge to place in your email or on your website, which would take people to your Facebook page. Creating a badge link isn't very easy. It is a matter of trial and error unless you can get assistance. In Facebook, you can set your group privacy settings as either open or closed group. LinkedIn is designed for professional interaction and not socializing. Special interest affiliates might want to have a networking component rather than a social connection. In LinkedIn, you can get recommendations from folks and could find organizations or companies that want to work with one another. LinkedIn is much simpler and works well with speech. If you are looking for a job, connections for a business, or serious networking, LinkedIn works well. RSVA and Ivy are both on LinkedIn. Plaxo is another networking site that can be used as your personal address book. You can log in to get any address and contact info from the Plaxo website when you are away from home. You can post a bio about yourself on it as well. Please add the following membership focus calls to your calendar Sunday, January 29th, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Topic is Getting Members at Large Involved. April 30th, 5 30 p.m. Pacific, 8 30 p.m. Eastern. And the topic is Explaining Special Interest Affiliates to Members and How They Can Help Attract Members to ACB. Thank you for a fine job, Mr. Jobs. By Ray Campbell. Many of the thoughts I express in this article come from a personal blog entry that I posted the night of October 5, 2011, when we learned that Apple founder Steve Jobs passed away. Every day we're impacted in one way or another by things invented by people we never have met or will meet. Sometimes these impacts are for the better, and you want so much to thank the inventor of whatever it is that impacted you. On October 5th, We lost one of those people whom I've never met but wish I could thank over and over again. I'm talking about Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple Incorporated. Thank you, Steve, for recognizing that people like me who need accessible technology are an important part of the market that needs to be served. Thank you for showing that true accessibility can be built in off the shelf, allowing those like me who are blind to go out, buy, and use the same products at the same time as everyone else. Thanks to Steve Jobs and Apple, I could go out earlier this year when my carrier started supporting it and buy an iPhone, set it up, 
and take advantage of all the great things it can do. And guess what? I could set it up independently. Thanks to Steve Jobs and Apple, people who are blind, including those needing braille displays, e.g. those who are deafblind, can go out, buy a Mac computer, and start using it right out of the box without having to spend hundreds of dollars or more on an expensive screen reader. It just works. Thanks to Steve Jobs and Apple, companies can no longer say that it's too costly, will stifle innovation, or that it's impractical to build accessibility in right off the shelf. Apple did it. And thanks to Steve Jobs and Apple, the future is bright for accessibility. I've been around technology for over 25 years and seen a lot. I remember the Apple IIe computer and how it didn't take much to make it talk. I have to admit, though, that I wasn't much of an Apple fan up until about two years ago. I always felt Apple was older, inferior technology and wondered why anyone would use that stuff. Well, I'm proving you can teach an old dog new tricks, or maybe an old tech guy. I've become a huge fan of Apple products, owning both an iPhone and a MacBook Air. It was so nice to be able to pull these devices out of the box and set them up independently. It was so nice not to have to pay an exorbitant amount of extra money just to have basic access to these products. Apple is making enough of a dent now that other companies are going to need to sit up and take notice of what they're doing. Granted, we still have work to do. The release of the Kindle Fire by Amazon without a lick of accessibility proves that. However, progress is being made, and credit for that can be laid at the feet of, largely, one man Steve Jobs. My heartfelt sympathy to Mr. Jobs' family and everyone at Apple. Steve Jobs, rest in peace, knowing you very positively impacted the lives of many, especially those like me who are blind. Passings. We honor here members, friends, and supporters of the American Council of the Blind who have impacted our lives in many wonderful ways. If you would like to submit a notice for this column, please include as much of the following information as possible Name, first, last, maiden if appropriate, city of residence upon passing, state province of residence upon passing, other cities, states, countries of residence. Places where other blind people may have known this person. Occupation. Date of death. Day if known. Month. Year. Age. ACB affiliation. Local, state, special interest affiliates, or national committees. Deaths that occurred more than six months ago cannot be reported in this column. Philip Ebert. Philip Ebert, age 52, of Nashville, Tennessee, Unexpectedly passed away in early August in his home. The exact time and cause are unknown. He was a longtime member of the Mid Tennessee Council of the Blind, MTCB, the Tennessee Council of the Blind, and the American Council of the Blind. Philip was an alumnus of the Tennessee School for the Blind and a member of the Donaldson Lions Club. He lived a very full life, attending many MTCB social events, meetings, and state conventions. A celebration of his life was held on August 30th, attended by family, friends, and TSB teachers who knew and cared about this most colorful, unique individual. He will be missed and will never be forgotten. Marjorie McGivern. Reprinted from the Wilmington Star News, September 2, 2011. Marjorie McGivern, beloved mother, devoted wife, accomplished actress, journalist, and author, 
died August 30th as a result of a car accident in Cary, North Carolina. The 86-year-old grew up in Ada, Oklahoma, the only child of a schoolteacher. She graduated from the University of Oklahoma with a major in chemistry. She worked as a chemist until she married a Navy pilot and physician, Dr. Emerson Smith, and moved to the small North Texas town of Wolf City, where she raised a family of four boys and founded the Wolf City Public Library. A divorce in 1972 ushered in a host of new beginnings, all of them in North Carolina. In Wilmington, she met her husband of 34 years, James McGivern, a professor of religion and philosophy at UNCW. For more than 25 years, she and Jim lived in Wilmington. Marjorie worked as a reporter for the Wilmington Star News and performed in and directed countless community theater productions, and launched a successful children's theater group, Stageworks. Upon her husband's retirement from UNCW in 2003, they moved to Brevard and the friendly retirement community of College Walk. Just this past year, Kerry became their new home. Wherever she lived, Marjorie, in her typically zestful, exuberant fashion, invested her community with the excitement of live theater. Most notably, an array of fascinating one-woman shows she wrote and performed all over the state. Bringing to life characters ranging from Mother Teresa to Eleanor Roosevelt and Florence Nightingale, she also co-authored a book on churches in North Carolina and the history of the American Council of the Blind. Amid all this creative spark, Marjorie was forever giving to others. She read for the blind, served as an after-school tutor for at-risk kids, volunteered in soup kitchens, and in her final days was getting ready to participate in Carrie's Genesis United Methodist Church's Stephen Ministry. As more than one person remarked about Marjorie, she is a treasure. She passed on to her children and grandchildren the powerful life lesson that she lived to the fullest: that every day is precious and rich with opportunities to love and learn. Marjorie is survived by her husband Jim, her four sons Stephen, Dan, Stuart, and Bruce, four grandchildren, and three great-grandchildren. A memorial service was held on September third. In lieu of flowers, the family suggests contributions to the Genesis United Methodist Church Stephen Ministry. Http colon slash slash i r i s dot n o w s p r o u t i n g dot com slash g e n e s i s u n i t e d m e t h o d i s t C H U R C H slash pound sign slash N U R T U R E hyphen C A R E. Condolences may be sent through www dot b r o w n w y n n e c a r y dot com. Phyllis Mitchell, reprinted from the Boston Globe, October sixth, two thousand eleven. Phyllis J. Mitchell of Revere, Massachusetts, passed away on October fourth. Beloved daughter of the late Dewey and Evelyn Moscatelli Mitchell, loving sister of Barbara Anna Cone of Burlington, Robert Mitchell of Gray, Tennessee, Carol Sisak of Nashua, New Hampshire, and Judy Brown of Revere. She is also survived by many loving nieces, nephews, and cousins. Her funeral and mass of Christian burial were held on October 8th in East Boston. Services concluded with entombment in St. Michael Cemetery Mausoleum in Roslindale. 
Phyllis worked as a legal advocate for the Massachusetts Office on Disabilities for over 20 years. She was a graduate of Emerson College and was featured on WBZ's Hometown Hero. Donations in Phyllis' memory may be made to The Seeing Eye, 10 Washington Valley Road, Morristown, New Jersey, 07960-3412, or Perkins School for the Blind, Perkins Trust Office, 175 North Beacon Street, Watertown, Massachusetts, 02472. Roy J. Ward Sr. Excerpted from the Richmond Times Dispatch, October 14, 2011. Roy John Ward Sr., retired deputy director of the Virginia Department for the Blind and Vision Impaired, died October 7 at home after a period of declining health. He was 91. His funeral was held October 15th at the Bliley Funeral Home in Richmond. Interment followed at Forest Lawn Cemetery. He was born blind with infantile glaucoma. Through surgery, he was given minimal sight in his right eye, but he remained legally blind. Eventually, he would lose all ability to see and was totally blind for the last three decades of his life. Nevertheless, he was a man of vision. He never lost sight of his goal of making life better for those who shared his lot. Roy J. Ward Jr. remembers a father who didn't dwell on his blindness. It was never a stumbling block for him, his son said. It never stopped him from doing stuff for us or with us. Born in Rockville Center, New York, Mr. Ward was an Eagle Scout. At Cornell University, where he graduated in 1941, he played clarinet in the marching band. Later, he would earn his master's degree at Richmond Professional Institute before it became part of Virginia Commonwealth University. He worked for the Maryland School for the Blind and then Lighthouse for the Blind in New York. In 1959, his career brought him to Richmond. He established programs for the vision impaired, teaching them to navigate their surroundings. He also liked to compete. A bowler himself, he established bowling leagues for the blind across the state, part of the American Blind Bowling Association. Using a rail set up to the left of the approach to a bowling lane, A vision impaired bowler can stride forward and deliver the ball with authority and accuracy. In 1978, he helped establish Virginia Voice, a program that organizes volunteer readers for closed circuit radio broadcasts of news and entertainment. He was the founding father of Virginia Voice, said Nicholas B. Morgan, who has been the organization's executive director since 1981. He did all the legwork. He gathered the forces in Norfolk, Harrisonburg, Roanoke, Williamsburg, and in Northern Virginia. He was the prime mover. Ward was an active member of the American Council of the Blind, and he served on the board of the Virginia Department of Rehabilitative Services and the Virginia State Rehabilitation Council, which established an employee leadership award that bears his name. He had adopted Virginia Tech's athletic teams when he came to Virginia, his son said, so after he died on Friday, I like to think that Saturday's game, A dramatic tech victory was the first game he got to see, and the sunrise on Saturday was the first he had seen in 31 years. Ward was the widower of Mabel Wallace Apsey Ward. In addition to his son, his survivors include two brothers, Lincoln Ward of La Mesa, California, and Harry Ward of Port Jefferson, New York. Another son, Thomas E. Ward of Richmond, a daughter, Nancy W. Lentz of Richmond, and three grandchildren. In Memoriam Lola Siren by Harvey Hege 
Author's note. Many thanks to Donna Siren, Charlotte Email, Patsy Harlan, and Bernie and Brenda Dufour for their contributions to this article. End of note. Longtime ACB member Lola Siren, 86, passed away on October 8th of leukemia. She was preceded in death by her husband, Walter E. Siren Jr. Lola was born March 19, 1925, in Bastrop, Louisiana. She moved to New Orleans in 1951 and married Walter in 1953. Their daughter Donna was born in 1955 on Walter's birthday. We all used to say that was Lola's birthday present to him that year. I was a lifelong friend of all the Sirens, including her late husband Walter and their daughter Donna. I shared many social outings with them, including meals both in and out of their home. She held several jobs, including singing on the radio. She was also active in the West Side Church of Christ. After marriage, she dedicated her life mainly to being a homemaker and mother. Lola was quite a good cook. There are quite a few blind people who credit her with teaching them cooking techniques. Some even affectionately considered Lola and Walter their adopted parents. While she lived in New Orleans, she also participated in a program known as the People Program. She sang in its chorus for many years. This chorus would go to nursing homes and sing to the patients. They joined ACB in the early 1970s and attended their first national convention in Milwaukee in 1971. Many parents of blind children, including my own mother, credit her with teaching them Braille. The Sirens moved to Texarkana, Texas, following Hurricane Katrina, where she spent the last five and a half years of her life. At her visitation, some members of the family put together a slideshow of the family in their younger days. Survivors include one daughter, Donna Siren of Texarkana, Texas, one brother, Thomas Clyde Hearn of Manchester, Tennessee, two sisters, Christine Wise of Bastrop, Louisiana, and Jean Motherspaw of Monroe, Louisiana, and a number of nieces and nephews. If you would like to remember Lola, the family has asked that donations be made in her name to Helping Hands Braille Ministries, 1011 Mission Road, Madison, Georgia, 30650. This organization, among its many outreach ministries, puts religious material in Braille for those who need it. Rest well, Lola. You will be missed. Affiliate News North Carolina Looks Back to Its Roots History played a significant role in the 2011 North Carolina Council of the Blind State Convention as the members were reminded of their roots in the mid-1960s. When five North Carolinians met in Greensboro for the charter meeting, they were joined by three representatives from the American Council of the Blind, Derward McDaniel, Floyd Qualls, and Oral Miller. More than 40 years later, Oral Miller returned to North Carolina as the 2011 convention's national guest and speaker. Meeting in Raleigh September 9th to 11th, NCCB offered members a diverse program encompassing presentations on wills and health care powers of attorney, stroke prevention and treatment, state agency reports, radio reading services, blindness prevention in North Carolina, Lions services to the blind, medical research projects, ACB legislative activities, and guide dogs trained specifically for kids. The Saturday evening banquet featured an address by Oral Miller, president of the D.C. Council of the Blind and former ACB board member. The awarding of scholarships to Justin Salisbury, East Carolina University, and Bradley Hinson, UNC Charlotte, 
and the presentation of ACB Life memberships sponsored by NCCB to Caroline Ward and Terry Lewis. The Sunday business session, September 11th, began with a moment of silent meditation in memory of those whose lives were tragically taken on September 11, 2001. The convention concluded with the election of new officers for 2011 to 2012. President, Alan Casey. First Vice President, Ron Eller. Second Vice President, Tamika Polk. Secretary, Ann Brewer. Treasurer, Jane Farita. Board members at large, Greta McLam and Terry Lewis. Oral Miller delivered a charge of responsibility to the officers. Out-of-sight sweatshirts. Just in time for holiday giving, or just to keep you warm and cozy on a cold, blustery day, the Tennessee Council of the Blind has a limited supply of gray sweatshirts available. The sweatshirts are 100% cotton, grown in the USA. The front of the shirt has the TCB logo in black ink, and the back of the shirt has Tennessee Council of the Blind, out of sight but not out of touch, in black lettering. The TCB logo is a 5-inch black diameter circle outer ring. Across the top are the words Tennessee Council flowing within the ring in black text. Centered at the bottom of that ring are the words of the blind flowing within the ring in black text. At both 3 and 9 o'clock position is a thin black arc flowing within the ring. The center circle is white with black bold letters TCB printed horizontally, followed by the braille representation of the three letters underneath each of the three letters. Each sweatshirt costs $12 plus $3 shipping. Order yours today while supplies last. Contact Michael Fulgham at 615-391-3940 or mdfulghum at b-e-l-l-s-o-u-t-h dot net to place your order. Please make your checkout to TCB and send to 4936 Tulip Grove Lane, Hermitage, Tennessee, 37076. Give the gift that keeps on giving to ACB. By Ray Campbell. As you read this, many of you are in the thick of holiday preparations. Part of this is finding the right gifts for those special people in your life, spouses, family, close friends, and others. Why not add an extra recipient to your gift list this year and give the gift that keeps on giving? Sign up for ACB's monthly monetary support, MMS, program. Or, if you're already participating, consider increasing your contribution. By doing this, you will be giving monthly to ACB and not have to think about it. By giving through MMS, you will help ensure ACB has the resources we need to do our work. I know, like me, you enjoy reading the Braille Forum. Your gift through MMS will help keep this wonderful publication strong. Many of us enjoy listening to the top-notch programming offered on ACB Radio. By giving through MMS, you will allow us to bring more great programs to the Internet. What terrific work our professional staff does for us every day. By giving through MMS, you will help ensure they can continue to do this great work and that they have all the resources they need. These are just a few of many reasons why giving through MMS is so important. But let me add one more. You can share your gift with one state or special interest affiliate of your choice by designating up to half of your monthly contributions to that affiliate. It takes just a few minutes to sign up or change your contribution to MMS. You don't have to worry about getting the right size, having this gift broken in shipment, and you most certainly don't need a gift receipt 
because this gift won't be returned or exchanged. Make your list, check it twice, and add a contribution to ACB's MMS program to the gifts you give this holiday season. If you wish to sign up, you can call Sheila in the ACB Minnesota office at 1-800-866-3242 or go online to www.acb.org. Office hours are 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time. All the best of the holidays to you and yours, and thank you from the MMS Committee. Free Marketing and Public Relations Assistance for Your Affiliate or Chapter The ACB Public Relations Committee is offering its professional services to assist your affiliate or chapter with its marketing and public relations efforts. We will assist with the planning of your promotional campaigns, creation of your media releases, creation of your public service announcements, mapping out of your guerrilla marketing strategies. For more information, contact Dr. Ron Milliman, R-M-I-L-L-I-M-A-N, at I-N-S-I-G-H-T-B-B dot com, or call him at 270-782-9325, or 270-996-7356. Letter to the Editor The contents of this column reflect the letters we had received by the time we went to press, November 3, 2011. Letters are limited to 300 words or fewer. All submissions must include the author's name and location. Opinions expressed are those of the author's. How do we revitalize state schools for the blind? Recently, someone asked me if I would be willing to talk with parents of two newly blinded children about educational opportunities. I wanted to locate a good residential school near them that they could attend for a couple of years to learn the basics. Braille, mobility, general physical skills, etc. I couldn't find one. All the schools I researched either provide only services or are so far into multi-disability support that tossing people who are only blind into the mix may not be something parents would go for, or be good for the kids either. End of Side 2 Side 3 The Braille Forum, Volume 50, December 2011, Number 4 This side contains Here and There, edited by Sue Lichtenfels High Tech Swap Shop Continuing with Letter to the Editor Some may ask, why should a blind child attend a residential school? Learning things like mobility and braille are natural blind school things. Some public schools might teach that to a limited extent. Things like archery, swimming, small engine repair, running, gymnastics, wrestling, sailing, basketball, climbing, weaving, sewing, cooking, building a fire, putting up a tent, folding a flag, music reading and playing, woodworking, electrical repair, geography, painting, etc., will almost never be taught to blind kids in public school. But such skills teach kids to be part of everyday life. Blind children deserve to learn a wide variety of skills and be exposed to the same types of experiences, and public schools will never be equipped to provide that kind of education. I think there is a critical need for both residential and mainstream educational services for blind children, and without both, the equality gap will grow larger over time. We are leaving kids behind. In the past, the idea was to get blind children in normal school, 
now it should be to get them educated well and included in normal life. So how do we get this conversation restarted? To bring back the blind school to provide a high level of quality education, clearly delineate the benefits, and support blind children in mainstreamed settings as well. Alan Hoffman, Fredericksburg, Virginia. Here and There Edited by Sue Lichtenfels The announcement of products and services in this column does not represent an endorsement by the American Council of the Blind, its officers, or staff. Listings are free of charge for the benefit of our readers. The Braille Forum cannot be held responsible for the reliability of the products and services mentioned. To submit items for this column, send a message to info at acb.org or phone the National Office at 1-800-424-8666 and leave a message in Sharon Lovering's mailbox. Information must be received at least two months ahead of publication date. Holiday Time at the ACB Store There's lots of holiday fun at the ACB Store. Look for new ACB logo gifts for everyone on your list. Lots of other new gift ideas, too. And remember, when you purchase Maxi-Aids and ILA products through the ACB website, ACB receives a percentage of the sale. New agreements are being finalized just in time for the holidays, so you can help ACB by ordering over the phone, even if you don't have a computer. For more information about these and other happenings at the ACB store, visit www.acb.org or call 1-877-848-3218. Survey on Workplace Needs Georgia Tech's Rehabilitation Engineering Research Center on Workplace Accommodations, WORK, R-E-R-C, focus is to further the understanding of employment barriers faced by people with disabilities. Our goal is to enable equitable access to employment, enhanced employment outcomes, and increased participation in the workplace for people with disabilities. In a recently completed study, a potential barrier was identified for individuals with vision impairments. We need more information. We would like you to take a 15- to 20-minute survey that asks about how you access printed or digital information. The survey has been approved by Georgia Tech's Institutional Review Board. You are eligible to take this survey if you have a vision impairment and are currently employed. For more information, visit http colon slash slash www.survegizmo.com slash s3 slash 641131 slash v-i-s-i-o-n hyphen a-c-c-o M-M-O-D-A-T-I-O-N-S If you have any questions or would like to arrange to take the survey by telephone, please contact Maureen Linden via email. M-A-U-R-E-E-N dot L-I-N-D-E-N at C-O-A dot G-A-T-E-C-H dot E-D-U or phone 404-894-0561. Ski for Light International Week The 2012 Ski for Light International Week will be held February 5th to 12th in the Wasatch Mountains of Utah. 
Lodging is at the Marriott Hotel and Conference Center in downtown Provo. Skiing is at the Soldier Hollow Cross Country Ski Area. Applications are still being considered on a space available basis. Full payment is due by December 15, 2011. Visit the SFL website, www.sfl.org, to learn more and to submit your application. For more information, contact Bob Hart by email, bobmhartt at gmail.com, or by phone, 703 845 3436. Black Hills Ski for Light. The 33rd Annual Black Hills Regional Ski for Light will take place January 22 to 26, 2012, at Terry Peak Ski Area and Wharf Resources Area. Both downhill and cross country skiing are offered. Lodging is in Deadwood, South Dakota. The cost of the event is $250, which includes a banquet ticket. For more information, email info at bhsfl.org. Call 605-341-3626 or visit www.bhsfl.org. NEVI Ski Festival. The New England Blind and Visually Impaired Ski Festival will take place February 12 16, at Sugarloaf Mountain in Maine. Skiers of all vision levels and experience are welcome, as well as family and friends who wish to learn how to become a sighted ski guide. Several overnight accommodation packages are available. All packages include four nights, continental breakfast each day, pizza party, banquet, and visually impaired skier vest. In addition to downhill skiing, Sugarloaf offers cross country skiing, ice skating, snow tubing, zip lines, and numerous indoor activities. More information is available at www.nevifest.com by calling 207-824-2440, extension 100, or by emailing schedule at skimhs.org. Sierra Regional Ski Events Sierra Regional Ski for Light SRSFL will host three cross country ski and snowshoe events during the 2012 winter season. Two single day events are scheduled January 21st and February 11th. Both will take place at Tahoe Cross Country, Tahoe City, California. For further information on the single day events, contact Betsy Rowell at 916-362-5557 or MONTBETS At pacbell.net. A three day event celebrating SRSFL's 20th anniversary will be held March 10th to 12th at Tahoe Donner Cross Country in Truckee, California. For further information on the three day event, contact Cindy Quintana at 510 483 or CINDYQ12345 at sbcglobal.net. Applications for these events are available at www.srsfl.org and are due by January 1, 2012. HeartSight Cards Looking for holiday cards? Check out HeartSight Cards. 
owner Haley Dare hand-makes the cards with print and braille using layers of patterned and textured papers, decorative buttons, ribbons, rhinestones, and other items so that they may be enjoyed by blind and sighted folks alike. Cards are available as single cards or in sets. Card types include Thank You, Thinking of You, Happy Birthday, Feel Better Soon, Christmas, Dream Big, Cell Phone Fun, Baby, and many more. For more information, visit www.heartsightcards.com Call 269-779-2216 or email h-e-a-r-t-s-i-g-h-t-c-a-r-d-s at att.net Or you may write to H-E-A-R-T-S-I-G-H-T Cards 4794 Geneva Avenue, Portage, Michigan 49024 Talking MP3 Players Accessible Electronics offers talking MP3 players with 4 or 8 gigabyte memory. These players have fully speaking menus, FM radio, voice recorder, and storage card option. Accessories are also available. For more information, visit www.talkingmp3players.com or call 727-498-0121. Audio Cassettes and Accessories Long's Electronics sells a variety of audio accessories, including cassettes, boomboxes with CD and cassette features, and padded mailers and albums for both CDs and cassettes. To learn about Long's complete selection, call 1-800-633-3410 or visit www.longsav.com. New Phone for Seniors The BM01 is a big-button mobile phone available through Byerly. It offers several features specifically designed for seniors, including large keys, magnified text messages, emergency call button, hearing aid compliance, and radio with built-in loudspeaker. This phone can be used with any cellular service provider. Additional information is available by calling 1-800-985-0535 or by visiting www.bierley.com. New Handheld Video Magnifier AI Squared is the exclusive dealer in the U.S. and Canada of the I Love You Handheld Video Magnifier. Key features of this device include 4.3-inch screen, weighs 8 ounces and fits in a pocket, 12 zoom levels up to 17x, 4 levels of brightness and 16 levels of contrast adjustment, 5 color modes, 2 gigabyte SD card for storing and moving images, TV out option to use a larger external screen, snapshot mode for freezing a picture, 3.5 hour battery life, and more. For additional details, including a video demonstration, visit www.aisquared.com. For more information, call 1-800-859-0270. Books from NBP
National Braille Press offers a wide selection of books in Braille and other accessible formats for people of all ages. Children might enjoy the 2012 Dr. Seuss print Braille wall calendar, including stickers. Individuals learning about the latest software products might find Internet Explorer 9 with JAWS, Window Eyes, and System Access, or Outlook 2010 keyboard commands with JAWS, Window Eyes, and System Access useful. NBP's selections include reference books, cookbooks, biographies, children's and adults literature, board books, and more. For the complete catalog, visit www.nbp.org or call 1-800-548-7323. Seedlings Books and Gifts This holiday season, Seedlings Braille Books for Children offers Braille books, educational items, and one-of-a-kind gifts. The selection of 1,100 books include board books, Braille-only books, and print Braille books. Addressing the interests of children ages infant through teen, Seedlings also offers a collection of Braille jewelry, T-shirts, sweatshirts, tote bags, and other gift items. For more information, visit www.seedlings.org or call one eight hundred seven 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 eight five five two. Flameless scented candles. Make a statement in any room with a scentsy warmer. Add one of eighty plus scents and enjoy a fragrance experience. Scentsy warmers use a low watt bulb to slowly melt specially formulated wax. All you do is plug it in, turn it on, add one or more sections of a bar into the warmer dish, and enjoy. For more information, call Catalina Roysom at six one two 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 seven three zero one one. Or send an email to c a t a l i n a four s c e n t s at gmail dot com. To view the catalog, visit www dot c a t a l i n a four s c e n t s dot s c e n t s y dot u s, and select the Shop My Online Store link. Elegant Insights Jewelry. Laura Legendary has launched a new business and Braille jewelry line called Elegant Insights Braille Creations. The line includes embossed dog tags, earrings, bracelets, and necklaces featuring charms embossed with initials or a special love note, cell phone charms, and mobility cane charms made in brass, copper, and silver. The charms are available in a variety of shapes, including hearts, stars, guitar picks. Critters and geometric shapes. Product descriptions are available at www.elegantinsighthtsjewelry.com, or you may contact Laura directly at five zero nine two six four two five eight eight. Tupperware. Earn money and prizes by becoming a Tupperware distributor. You may also host a Tupperware party and earn free Tupperware. If interested, call Alice at nine one seven six nine six eight one one five. Sensi Products. Sensi offers flameless, wickless candles that warm up safely in a handcrafted pot heated by a light bulb. There are over eighty wax scents available. Other fragrance products offered are room sprays, 
scent buddies, perfume, plug-ins, full and mid-size warmers, scent on the go, holiday collections, and more. Visit www.scentsy.com slash indy for complete selection. If you're interested in ordering, call Joanza May at 347-878-6293 or email him jkm11224 at gmail.com. High-Tech Swap Shop For sale, two reams of bold line paper, asking $10 each. Contact Gene Fike via email jfike636 at charter.net For sale Trekker with Maestro Bundle Latest versions installed on Dell Axim X50 PDA with all U.S. maps Includes rechargeable wireless GPS receiver and mini speaker plus shoulder harness, charger, and original system CD Asking $600 or best offer 15-plus Braille children's books for blind parents or early Braille readers. Free to the first one to contact us. Titles include The Polar Express, Pooh, and Scratch and Sniff. We will ship using free matter. Email d-u-c-h-a-r-m-e dot a-l-f-r-e-d at gmail dot com or call 410-382-6506. For sale, JAWS for Windows 12 Standard, asking $745. This version can be upgraded to Pro, and an SMA purchased as well for the current Freedom Scientific rates. Pay with credit card via PayPal, or send check or money order. Price includes transfer fee and shipping. Checks will be held at least 10 business days. Payment plan available via PayPal only. Contact Michael Baldwin at mbaldwin577 at gmail.com or phone 308-497-2259. For sale, ID Mate by Envision America for $600 that can identify and speak barcodes for household products, CDs, etc. Voice at All by Ryzen that identifies colors for $250, Franklin Bill Reader for $250, Olympus Digital Recorder for $150, RCA Digital Recorder for $100. All items are in great condition. One 6-inch Reliant Jointer, $300. One 16-inch Reliant Bandsaw, $300. One Variable Speed Delta Lathe, $350. One Sears Craftsman Electric Router, $75. Like new. These items have additional blades, chisels, and bits. Will accept check or cash payment. Buyer pays shipping. Serious inquiries only. Email Ellen Golubek at ORTHOPEDIC dot AL4U at gmail dot com or call him at 203 743-9238 if interested. For sale. Collector's item. Bliss Braille Writer made in Germany in the early 1900s. Needs some repair. 
an original wooden carrying case. Best offer. Contact Marty at 718-338-7929. For sale. Clearview 500 Color CCTV. No screen. Comes with all cables to hook to TV. Will connect to any size TV. In great condition. Asking $1,000 or best offer. Contact Jimmy Giles at 703-229-3441. For sale. USB Internet Radio. Asking $40. Desktop computer with 2TB hard drive. 4 gigs RAM. Windows XP Home Edition. JAWS 11 and Zoom Text. Asking $700. Toshiba laptop with 750GB hard drive. 3 gigs RAM. 15.6-inch widescreen, Windows XP Professional Edition, JAWS 11, and Zoom Text, asking $850. Call Jose at 818-220-6256. For sale, book port in excellent condition, asking $200 or best offer. Email bluabirdo at hotmail.com or contact Irina Franchi at 305-932-8856. For sale. Alva BC640 with Feature Pack, still under warranty. Feature Pack combines classic Braille access, audio, note-taking, and comprehensive keyboarding from a single device. This device uses both USB and Bluetooth connections. Included in the package are manuals in print and braille, power access cable, USB cable, and Bluetooth. Asking $3,800 or best offer. Contact Jeff Borman via email, jeffrey dot b-o-h-r-m-a-n at gmail dot com, or voicemail, 614-384-5214. For sale, Intel Reader. Brand new. Asking $900. Contact Barbara Bigler at 540-718-2005. Wanted. Talking Scientific Calculator. Contact Jeremiah Gaska at 434-238-7743. ACB Officers. President. Mitch Pomerantz. 1115 Cordova Street. Number 402, Pasadena, California, 91106. First Vice President, Kim Charlson, 57 Grandview Avenue, Watertown, Massachusetts, 02472. Second Vice President, Brenda Dillon, 313 Overridge Cove, Hermitage, Tennessee, 37076. Secretary, Marlena Lieberg, 632 South 189th Street, Burien, Washington, 98148. Treasurer, Carla Rushevel, 148 Vernon Avenue, Louisville, Kentucky, 40206. Immediate Past President, Christopher Gray, 94 Ramona Avenue, San Francisco, California, 94103. ACB Board of Directors Ray Campbell, Glen Ellen, Illinois 
Burl Colley, Lacey Washington, Janet Dickelman, St. Paul, Minnesota, Marcia Farrow, Somerville, Georgia, Michael Garrett, Missouri City, Texas, George Holiday, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Billy Jean Keith, Arlington, Virginia, Alan Peterson, Horace, North Dakota, Jeff Tom, Sacramento, California, David Trot, Talladega, Alabama, Ex Officio, Judy Jackson, Austin, Texas. Board of Publications, Paul Edwards, Chairman, Miami, Florida. Marcia Dresser, Reading, Massachusetts. Judy Jackson, Austin, Texas. Janine Stanley, Columbus, Ohio. Ken Stewart, Warwick, New York. Ex officios, Ron Milliman, Bowling Green, Kentucky. Bob Hache, Waltham, Massachusetts. End of side three.